As you know, we are working our way through the book of James on Wednesday night. We started chapter 2 this past Wednesday. We'll wrap up chapter 2 this Wednesday. On Sunday mornings, we're taking some of the principles uh, that we mention on Wednesday nights, and we try to bring them home here on a Sunday morning. Today, we're looking at uh, James chapter 1. We're still in cha- on James chapter 1 here on Sunday morning. But today, if you have your Bibles, James chapter 1, verse 22, as well, uh, we have our notes on you version, and uh, follow along with us today if you would. You know, the entire book of James is full of useful, self-evident truths that are practical for you and I as it relates to spiritual growth and maturity. James James tends to emphasize the obvious. For example, he says, don't be deceived. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. He writes, get rid of all moral filth. Don't show favoritism. Submit yourselves to God, he writes. Resist the devil. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Don't slander one another. Be patient. Pick up your socks. Oh, he doesn't say that. But James kind of sounds like your mother a little bit, doesn't he? All of these self-evident truths I just read to you are from the book of James. Sounds like a mother. You know, I've often heard mothers make this statement, in one ear and out the other. My dad used to say that a lot to us kids. In one ear and out the other. In other words, moms become frustrated because uh, their children are not paying attention to what they say. The children are not doing what mom has asked them to do. Just do what I say. Do what I say. And that's the problem. Doing seems to be the problem. Doing. Not just with the boys and girls that live in our homes, But the children of God who sit in our churches, doing seems to be their problem. You see, Jesus never asked his hearers, do you agree with me? Or, does this sound okay? Does this sound reasonable to you? Jesus wanted more than agreement. He was after discipleship, not just simple intellectual agreement. Perhaps that's why we tend to turn the gospel into some kind of intellectual gospel. Because if if it's only information to us, then who says we need to apply the information? Let me remind you. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth. Jesus defines truth. Upon hearing scripture, sometimes we tend to ask, or we say to ourselves, well, let me think about that for a moment. Or let me go home, preacher, And pray about what you shared with us today. And see if this means something to me. Here's the radical reality news. God intended his word to be put into practice. And in the book of James, over half of the 108 verses of commands that give us direction... Over half of the 108 verse commands give us direction 
and wisdom for our lives. In fact, our text this morning, when I considered uh, walking through the book of James, this was the passage I was most excited about in sharing today. It sums up the message of the whole book, James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. Put it into practice what you profess to believe. So, again, we're in this sermon series. It's called, It's Time to Grow Up. Today's topic is, we could just do what it says. <laughs> do what it says. And James uses an analogy in our passage today about a mirror. Listen carefully. James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. <laughs> Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and then after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he had heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So maybe, just maybe you've done this. You've been walking through a department store, maybe a public place, and you come across a mirror, and as you walk by, you stop for a moment, don't you? You take a quick glance, make sure, thing, sure things are tucked in well, and maybe fix your hair a little bit, and then you walk away. Don't you love those mirrors? <laughs> There's no sense of really looking into the mirror, reflecting, appropriating, considering what could be done differently. It's just a quick glance, and then we, we move on. A quick glance in passing, in vanity, a little reassurance, or a little reality check, and again, we move on. I don't know about you, but the older I get, I don't even take a quick glance anymore. I just keep walking. Okay? It doesn't matter to me anymore. And then 10 short seconds later, if we're asked about the details of what we saw when we looked in the mirror, we would be at a loss for words. And James uses this analogy of a mirror to suggest that there is a real danger, a real danger when we hear without doing. Now, I'll be honest with you, those of you who have lived here a long time are going to be think this is silly, but one of the things that I kind of like about Dumas the last two years is I like to train. Now, I don't live <laughs> right across the tracks from the train. I can hear even from my house. But when I'm downtown and I hear those bells and the train, it's just like in Toledo, you never saw or heard a train. I mean, it was downtown. So I mean, you know, so... The train is kind of cool, I think. Today, I'm kind of like that railroad crossing gate. The gate is coming down, and the lights are blinking, and the sound is dinging. There is a real danger when we hear and not do. I've got four serious questions to ask you today. They're going to come up on the screen one at a time. Let me read them. These are in you version. You can look at them for the rest of the week as well. Here's the first question. Are we truly intent on seeing the word of God, the message and life of Christ, as the mirror that we gaze into seriously, reflecting, considering how our lives should be different now, Given the reflection we've seen, James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. The next question, do we truly look into the word of God with a view to what we're going to do about it tomorrow 
and the next day. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Next question. Or do we treat it like the mirror in the department store? Something to look into for just a second, maybe straighten up our conscience just a bit, and then quickly we move on to our own agenda for the rest of the day, the week, the month, the year, our life, on to something else. The last question. Do we turn away from God's word and the minute minute it covers, let me start over. Do we turn away from God's word and the minute its cover is shut, the sermon or teaching is over, we immediately forget what we saw. Now, I didn't watch a whole lot the hit reality show Survivor when it was still, is it still on? I don't even know. But I did read an article about one of the contestants on the show who was a Christian. He stated that each contestant could bring one luxury from home before they were set out wherever they were going. One contestant brought a camera. Priorities, another a razor. But this Christian young man, who happened to be a youth pastor, brought his Bible. Go figure. He goes on to say that he was ridiculed for the one luxury he brought with him. But the Bible, God's word, was the one thing, the only thing that during his time as on Survivor, that gave him strength, comfort, and direction before he was voted off two weeks later. Again, and again, and again. God's word must be a priority in our lives. His word must be our standard for living, our compass for our lives, our source of comfort, and our fountain of life. Amen? We must be careful that we do not substitute for one second God's word, his principles, and his truth for whatever the culture might be delivering us via the media, via uh, via Washington, D.C., via our closest friends and family. And be careful of your secular friends and family because that's probably the biggest challenge for many of us because sometimes we want them to um, support our, our, our temptation that we maybe want to go into. We must be reminded of what James had to say. Here's what he had to say. Those who congratulate themselves on being only hearers of the truth are deceiving themselves. Who here today, who watching online, who of you are being deceived? A little song we grew up singing in church, oh, be careful little hands what you do, oh, be careful little mouth what you say, for the Father up above is looking down in love, oh, be careful little mind what you think, what you believe, what you accept as truth, what you want to justify for your own actions because of your selfishness and pride and arrogancy. Whose idea was it to do James? Was it, was it yours? We're not even halfway done. <laughs> we can be involved in all kinds of good activities, even church activities, and know a lot about this. I've told you the story about my dear, our dear, well, none of our friends, but family members at Calvary years ago that wanted to play Bible trivia with us as a family because they were going to beat the pastor, and they did, and they knew a lot of trivia from here, but they weren't doing what the Word said. If we don't put the Word into practice, all of our activities and knowledge is meaningless. We must develop true godly character and a lifestyle based upon our companionship with Christ, I love 
being married for the last 36 and a half years. I am a married man. I don't live like a single man, okay? There's a difference. I made that decision 36 and a half years ago, and I'm so glad that I did. We cannot live like the world when we are followers of Jesus Christ. We must live differently. The church throughout America, unfortunately, is filled with many hearers. If they assume that this is all that is needed, they are sadly mistaken. If they think that merely listening to the message earns them a position of special favor with God, they are duped by their own faulty reasoning. Some of us were raised in the church as long as we could check everything off our to-do list. Went to church, check. Gave my offering, check. Read the Bible, check. Prayed, check. Went to Sunday school, checked. Read my Sunday school paper, check. I mean, we had all these check, 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 checks. But it didn't change our lives. Nothing happened here. If nothing happens here, nothing happens here, then there's no point. There is no point. If we think that merely listening, sorry, I said that. I lost my place on my notes. Give me a minute. There we go. Hearing and reading God's word is like looking at a mirror that reflects and reveals what is truly in our lives. It shows us the way that we are and allows us to see what we need to change. With this knowledge, we can choose to respond either with honesty or with hypocrisy. The right response is to ask and allow God to help us to conform to the standard of his word by putting it into practice. Listen, thank you. Because if the book of James is doing nothing for nobody, it's doing something for this pastor. <laughs> I have sensed in my life a greater desire to do what it says. I have sensed in my life recently that I need to have my character improved a bit. Even my conduct. conduct. My dear wife and she's so good, like most wives. I, I said something the other day that was a little flippant. And she said to me, okay, teacher of the book of James. <laughs> and you know what? She was absolutely right. <laughs> In reality, the responsibility of those who hear is far greater than those who have never heard. So you're hearing today, you've not walked out yet, <laughs> so you're responsible. If we do not combine doing with hearing, we put ourselves in a very most vulnerable position. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this. Remember the good old days when you got the Sunday School Perfect Attendance Award? Listen, I believe in good church attendance. And that's a priority. I believe it with all of my heart. But you can get a perfect attendance award for coming to church every week and have your name on it. But if you're not doing what you're learning with that perfect attendance award, it means absolutely nothing. It is not hearing but doing that brings the blessing. Too many Christians mark their Bibles, but their Bibles never mark them. So what are we to do? If our spiritual journey is like that of taking a quick glance into a mirror and then moving on, it is important that we stop. And look. And allow the word of God that is reflected from the pages of the word to do something right here. Again, if not, we are duped. We are deceived. We must look intently and pay attention 
by what we see in the mirror, the blemishes, the imperfections, the flaws. And we need to be challenged with Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Let's look at this passage. Romans 12, 3 says this. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. I would challenge you on a regular basis to open up your Bible to Romans chapter 12, verse 3, and pray that prayer. Lord, today, help me not to think more highly of myself than I should, dear Lord. Help me to think of myself with sober judgment. Holy Spirit, challenge me. Holy Spirit, be more than just my comforter today. Be my convictor. Show me the areas in my life in which I need to change. Show me the areas, reflect from your word, the areas of my life that need an overhaul. The Greek word from the scripture that the phrase looks at his face in the mirror does not describe a hasty glance. It refers to careful observation. Think about a bride on her wedding day. How much time she takes in getting ready. The makeup. The hair, the nails, and yada, yada, yada. All that has to be perfect on her wedding day. We need to stop and look in the mirror on a regular basis and look with careful observation. The person, should st uh, we should carefully study ourselves and become thoroughly familiar with who we are. The notion of a person forgetting what he or she looks like after leaving the mirror is, is unrealistic. It's even ridiculous. What? You can't even remember when you looked in the mirror what, what you looked like, what you were wearing, what needed to be kind of fixed up. You can't even remember? Yeah, that is what happens in, in a spiritual sense when we are exposed to God's word but then go on our way without responding to what it revealed about our lives. So again, this act is paralleled by the person who listens to the word, not momentarily, but atten attentively and at length, so that he or she understands what they hear. He knows what God expects him to do, and he or she does it. The purpose of listening to the truth is to act upon it. I'm guessing that is why you're here today. I'm guessing that is why you're listening today online, is to act upon the truth that is being presented to you. If that's not why you're here, hey, I'm glad you're here. Stick around, all right? We'll hang out or whatever. But hopefully, you're doing something with the word. A good practice anytime we read or hear God's word is to ask ourselves the following questions. You'll see these questions on the screen. These are worth writing down. They're in you version. You, should, you and I should ask these questions on a regular basis. Here's the first one. After hearing the truth, reading the word, listening to the word, whatever, here's the first question. What difference should this make in my life? What difference should this make in my life? Secondly, what should I do now, today? That has, uh, what should I do now that God has shown this to me? And then finally, how do I apply this to my life, and how do I immediately look for ways to put it into practice? Good questions to ask during your time of devotions or whatever. 
we are called to live out our faith by doing what it says. Do you know what will happen as you and I gaze into the mirror and as we do what it says? It's the same thing that happens when you look in the mirror most of the time. You know, when you look in the mirror, you make some changes. You change your appearance a little bit, and you fix things up, right? Usually, most of the time. We begin, our spiritual appearance will begin to change as we do what it says. We begin to look good on the inside, and you know what? That's all that matters. Our spiritual appearance will begin to improve in two important areas. So when you do what it says, when you allow God's word to reflect back into your life, two things are going to change. And I know you want to know what those are, don't you? Here's number one. Our character will improve. Our character will improve. What is character? Well, here's a great definition I learned years ago. It is who you are when no one is looking. <laughs> when no one sees. That, my friend, is your character. And as you do what it says, that part of you, hopefully, will improve. No one is greater than their unseen life. Another great quote. No one is greater than their unseen life. That's why on a regular basis, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us and to challenge us. Because as far as I know, I've not arrived yet. My wife reminded me of that a few days ago when we were talking about James. <laughs> you know, we all need the Holy Spirit to challenge us and to convict us. What will really matter when you and I stand before the living Christ is how much of the personal character of Christ is in you. Let me share that with you again. What will really matter when you and I stand before the living Christ is how much of the personal character of Christ is in you. We talked about this about a year ago. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ as Christians to be rewarded for the things that we've done. But the things that we've done begins with our character. As we do what it says, our character will become more like Christ. Secondly, another thing that will change or improve is our conduct will change. Our conduct becomes more and more conformed to the standard of God as we gaze into the mirror of God's word. I'm sure you've seen the commercials, the, the, the before and the after commercials. I kind of like those. Wow, maybe I'll get that product. <laughs> I like what I see, the before and the after. You see, the same thing should be taking place in our spiritual lives as we do what it says. Hopefully those closest to us can say, they're not the same person they were a year ago. They are becoming more Christ-like. What a compliment. <laughs> James is very clear that as we do what it says, we will be blessed. Verse 25. Literally, it says that if you allow God's word to reflect and, and, and then do, and you do what his word says, you will be blessed. Not when you get to heaven. I mean, heaven is going to be a great blessing, but you will have a tangible blessing now on this earth. Obedient people are promised a blessing, just like obedient children are often rewarded for whether it's a good job or whatever. We do not need to wait for a future blessing. We already have the blessing in our grasp. 
It's just like a fine recipe. You put all the ingredients together, and then you are blessed with chocolate chip cookies. Who would think that those ingredients would make a a chocolate chip, I mean, make that so good? But that's what happens when you do what it says and you allow God's word to change your life. It's a beautiful thing. We are blessed because anyone who looks intently into God's truth and as they continue to do this and not forget what they have heard and then puts this truth into practice will experience a wonderful, wonderful treat. So I know it's been a few weeks since you've had something on your chair. So I thought I'd put something on your chair today. You got a flyer on your chair uh, or one near you. If you could take a moment and uh, find that. I want to I talk to you about something today. I'm calling this the Christian toolbox. I believe as a pastor, it is my responsibility to resource you. To resource you so that you can do what it says. So this is not an exhaustive list. This is just a brief thing that, that I have found helpful, all right? So I, and, and, and I know many of you, I'm not, I'm not minimizing, uh, many of you have uh, a great Christian toolbox of resources. Uh, you have a systematic way of how you do devotions. Don't change, okay? But here are, I'm often asked this, so that's why I share it with you. But it is my conviction that we as followers of Christ need to be involved in personal devotions, we call it, okay? And um, um, for years and years, and I hate to admit this, I went off and take the, take the, now don't worry if you don't read your Bible. It's so, because we didn't want, pastors didn't want to make you feel guilty. But I've changed that, okay? Um, read your Bible. Read it as often as you can. Now, there are going to be days that maybe you aren't going to be able to, okay, but here, here's my suggestion. At least three to four days a week for 20 to 30 minutes, have your devotional time, including scripture, meditation, and prayer, okay? You got to do it. Well, you don't know. Yes, I do know. Been there, done it. I can write a book. I'm not going to because we all could write a book. You got to do it. You make sure you have your breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then a few snacks in between. You make sure you take time to do what, you re- what really matters to you. So, okay, all right. I'm a big believer that as devoted followers of Christ, besides our personal devotions, we have got to be involved in, a, in an ongoing Bible study. You and I have got to develop a working knowledge of God's Word. I appreciate the devotions There are good authors. I have a host of devotional books, but you and I need to get down and get dirty and be involved in ongoing Bible study. Of course, that can happen here, Wednesday nights. That's why we do Wednesday nights. However, there's all kinds of studies that you can do online through podcasts. You can pick up uh, Bible study books, and you can do it on your own. But you have got to get a good, healthy dose of a working knowledge of God's Word. All right? It's so important. All right. Now, just for fun, I've shared with you some resources on this page here that I have found helpful for me. And again, I want to resource you. For example, you've heard of the Fire Bible. I've talked a lot about it. The Fire Bible has great study notes, and they call it the Fire Bible because of the principles found in the book of Acts. As a church, we believe that the book of, what happened in the book of Acts 2,000 years ago should still happen today. Okay? So the Fire Bible has that emphasis. Um, I've got a couple on the table today that you can pick up, uh, you can purchase, and I can order more. It's been fun in my two years here to be able to, I don't know, 30 Bibles I've given or you have purchased, which is awesome. I love it. Uh, You know, your phone, you got version. 
On version, you probably know this. I often see this, some of you uh, posting the verse of the day on Facebook. That's cool. But on version, they give you a verse of the day. But there's also Bible studies and devotionals. I even found the other day there's some great Bible study videos that take a book of the Bible and kind of gives you a eight, nine-minute-long video about the book. Very fascinating, all right, from version. Messenger International, John and Lisa Bevere, um, and I'm going to promote a few names because of what they've done for me, but their online Bible studies and podcast have been very helpful for me. You can Google it and find it, Messenger International. I mentioned Focus on the Family. This is why this hit me hard this morning. I love Focus on the Family. Focus on the Family, there is no other ministry that I know of that is more Christ-centered Biblical, balanced, they're not way out in some woo-hoo land. They're balanced, they're legit, they, they've earned all kinds of credibility, and now big tech has shut down their magazine. <laughs> anyway, they have a great app that I use. What's good about Focus on the Family, parents, sorry, but most of us need help in raising our kids, especially today. They have all kinds of family resources all kinds of marriage resources, and they even address some of the social issues that we need to be aware of today and what the Bible has to say about certain social issues like abortion and so forth. Great, great ministry that I highly endorse. Dr. James Dobson, who is the president, was the president and the founder, new president now, but um, focus on the family. I'm a big advocate uh, I went to Mardell's the other day in Little Rock, the, the Christian bookstore, Bible store, and these articles, these resources you can find there, most of them. You can also order these online through Amazon or through, I'm not sure if I want to promote Amazon, but anyway, Amazon or Christian book distributors. But find a commentary. When I say the word commentary, you go, commentary. But there are commentaries out there that I use that are easy to read. And I have some examples for you out there on the table, okay? Um, I was given a gift about 20, oh boy. Yeah, about 20 years ago. A book called Back to the Bible by Wood Crow. I found it on Amazon. I have read this book at least two times. Talk about helping you understand the importance of the Bible, a working knowledge of the Bible, how our country was based on the standards of the Bible. Great book to read. Uh, what the Bible is all about. This is, this is a handbook. It's about that fat. But it gives you about a five, six page of every book of the Bible, the background, why it's important, some of the principles. And I've got all of these out there for you to look at. You can't take them because they're mine, okay? Um, and then, anyone ever heard of the Alpha Course? The Alpha Course is based out of London, England. We hosted Alpha Groups back at Calvary my last couple of years there. They're great. It's a great course on those who need a beginning course in Christianity. You can find that online as well. So I want to resource you. I want to help you in your spiritual growth. Grow. So at the table, you have examples of all of these, and then... I brought out all of the books in the last, since I've been here, that I've suggested you should read, and I've provided them for you, and we have some leftovers. So they're out there. Those are free. The Fire Bible, you have to pay for. But the other books, Matt Hammett, Michael McNamee, my friend, some other, some other resources, stop by the table today, and those you can take with you. Um, but again... I want to resource you. I feel that that is my responsibility. Again, many of you probably already have resources that you have found helpful. Go for it. We have to allow the Bible to change our lives. We need to do what it says. Worship team, would you please come? So January 31st, we've made it through a month of 2021, okay? And... uh, it's the 31st, and the resolutions you made on the 1st, for most of us, most of you, most of us, they're long gone, aren't they? 
probably. That's okay. Seriously, though, resolutions are good because a resolution causes us to become determined about something. Resolution, something to be determined upon. Let's consider this. Is it possible? Is it possible that we could resolve in our lives that our response to God's word would be to do what it says? Would it be possible that we resolve in our hearts that like a mirror, we would stop for a moment and do more than just a glance, but look intently into the mirror and allow the mirror to reflect back to us the areas in our life that we need to change, much like doing what God's Word has to say. In my mind, that's a good resolution. And what's amazing about this resolution, as you and me do what it says, it will help us keep and maintain our other resolutions. That is the key to spiritual blessings, our spiritual growth, and our spiritual future. And I'm convinced as we enter into some interesting days as a country, I believe, doing what it says will keep you from falling away. The church, those here today, those of you watching online, let us do what it says. hurting and broken within overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling have you come to the end of yourself do you thirst for the drink from the well Jesus is calling Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. regrets and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrow and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ.
was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Bear your cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasures you found. Jesus is calling. Dear Lord, I pray today that you would show us what difference we should make in our lives as a result of today's word. Lord, what should we do now that you have shown this to us, God? And then, God, help me, help us to know how to apply this to our lives. And then to look for ways to put it into practice. If we need to repent, God, may we repent. If we need to resolve once again, help us to resolve. If we need to continue what we have been doing, let's continue. If we need to take it up a notch, Lord, help us to take it up a notch. God, the bottom line today is help us, God, to do what it says. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you for being a great church who is open to receiving God's Word, the fun part of God's Word, and the challenging part of God's Word. You've been a great, great um, church to speak to. Wednesday nights have been wonderful. We've got 40 people coming out to study God's Word commendable. That says something to me about this church. Your passion to give to missions and to pray for missionaries and to serve our community. That says something about this church. So, remember when we did the book of Daniel? And the theme of the book of Daniel is we're not just going to survive. We're going to thrive. So, no matter what happens in our culture, we're going to let our light shine, amen? And we're going to thrive. We're going to do more than just survive, amen? Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you in church on Wednesday. God bless you.